trio being with us this morning. What a, a joy to have them. And uh, we're going to go ahead and start with a word of prayer. And uh, um, Brother Kirk, would you mind opening us up, sir? First hymn this morning, number 363 in our hymn books today. If you'd stand with me, please, if you're able. Hymn number 363 at Calvary. 363. Number 173, we still have folks making their way in today. Good 
Good to see everybody here today. 173, blessed be the name. 
Hey man, we've got a, not only the busting of the Barnett Trio this morning, but Brother Duke's has a song he'd like to sing for us today as well. Well, the tape is due to start any moment. Hmm. What's that? Well, would anybody else like to sing while we're waiting? <laughs> I could sing it a cappella, but it's so much better with the music. Just postpone it until next week. Okay. Look forward to hearing it next week. All right. Well, I do appreciate Brother Duke's willingness to come and sing and uh, to the Lord. And that's uh, just sometimes it's after the devil will get into the sound system, as uh, as many will know that. It's a, it's a joy to have uh, the Barnett Trio with us uh, this morning, and they're going to be back tonight. Uh, we had them scheduled for a year in advance. You got to get these guys scheduled. I mean, they're popular. You know, you got to get them. Got to get them on the books, but they've been a, a good friend to me. I've known them for many, many years, and I appreciate their ministry and uh, their love for the Lord. So, Brother Cole, Miss Nicole, and uh, Corey, you, Miss Cole, no. Corey, you come up here and serve the Lord. Must prepare his place. 
Give us a little room here, young lady. Thank you. Sorry for that. That was an unplugged moment from the set here. We've got a brand new sound system, and we are, um, I'll tell you a little bit about why we have a brand new sound system just as soon as I turn that iPad. It's amazing. They do everything now on an iPad. I think they can even turn on your lights to your house on and off before you get there with an iPad. But uh, we use the sound system now with the iPad, and we had to shrink it down because we had to add a babysitter to our van setup. So um, how many of you have heard the news that Sadie Lynn's come to town to Cole and Nicole's life? Well, I know many of you have probably been praying for her, and uh, we really, really appreciate that. She would be here this morning, um, but you can blame my dad for having hip surgery. Our babysitter had to, to be with him, and so we had to take Sadie Lynn to them. Uh, so mom's babysitting two babies this morning. So you pray for my dad. He's two weeks out. He wanted me to give you a report. He's two weeks out from it, and he's already uh, walking without his walk. He's got just a cane, and uh, he's, he's doing real well. So you keep my dad in your prayers if you would. Uh, like I said, this Tuesday, I think it be two weeks that he's had that surgery. Um, and so uh, the doctor's pretty, pretty happy about that. Now, unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to, uh, they always say I try to be like my dad. Well, I think I may have to have surgery this fall as well on my knee. So I've torn something in this, this left knee here, and it locked up on me for about five days, and thankfully I popped it somehow back into place. But something's tore up. We had an MRI last week, and so we're trying to figure all that out. appreciate you, Brother Ricky, helping me uh, unload the heavy stuff this morning. So did you know he would do that? You just got to you know, just look real, real uh, you know, poor and, and needy. Brother Ricky, I need your help. And he, and he helped me, so I appreciate that. But uh, no, we are the Barnett Trio. How many of you are seeing us for the very first time this morning? And I already wish you hadn't. Uh, that's right. You can tell by the look on your face. Who's this guy? What's he doing? Where are we? Okay. Um, we're, uh, we were really excited to hear your brother sing, but sometimes, uh, as Brother Ricky said, the devil is in two places that we know of, hell and sound systems and churches. Uh, and that's the way that sometimes works. So it happens to us all the time. As a matter of fact, um, the iPad flickers on and off sometimes, and I just wonder, you know, you know, if it, if it goes solo, at least I still got this guitar, you know. I, we just, uh, we just have to sing it like that. So if that happens this morning, we will do that. But uh, how many of you are thankful to have God in your life? And you can look at blessings that he's done for you. Well, that's what this song does. It talks about look what God has done for you.
When you needed someone, he was there till the end. Savior's love. 
Well, this next song we're going to do is hopefully going to be on our next project that we're planning for uh, recording some this fall. And uh, it's kind of going to be one of those things. I think we've kind of reserved it um, to be like half hymns, half our favorites kind of thing. It's kind of what we're wanting to do. And this is one of my favorites. It's not a hymn, but it was very popular in the 90s. The hook line of the song is, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. And I really love this song because of, of kind of, um, of what Nicole and I went through. Sadie Lynn was born uh, on June the 16th of this year um, at around 12.04 a.m. And uh, everything leading up to that point, everything leading up to that moment was literally rock star status, they said. It was perfect. The monitor was perfect. Every, everything on the screen that needed to be there was perfect. Um, everything mom needed to experience was perfect until she was born. And when she was born, she decided that she didn't, she wanted to be a drama queen, like I say her mom. <laughs> and um, she didn't want to breathe for about six minutes. And it was really hard for us because, you know, normally you see the, uh, in the movies and you hear the stories about, you know, they come out and smack them once and they cry or whatever. Maybe they start crying automatically. And little Sadie Lynn didn't start crying for quite a while. And when she did, we found out that she couldn't cry very well because she had a collapsed lung because they had been trying to give her so much oxygen to get her to start breathing that it was more than her little body could handle. And I can't even explain to you, unless you've gone through something like that or you've, you've felt things like that for family members, um, what that's like. And I don't, I hope no one in here ever has to go like that, through anything like that. Many of you probably have or know people that have gone through that. Um, but that six-minute window is kind of what I'm discussing right now. Because for six minutes, we just didn't know what God's answer was. We were praying. I was texting Corey and dad and mom and everybody out in the waiting room. And I said, please pray. I, could, I didn't even have time to say what. I just said, please pray. And they knew it was serious. And, and I just leaned over to Nicole. And, and we, we just kept waiting for that cry that never came. And another minute, it feels like an hour. <laughs> and no cry. No cry. And, and uh, the nurse is trying to be reassuring but she's nervous too and she said we just don't know why she's not crying and uh, I leaned over to Nicole I said all we've ever had is trust in God so let's just stick with that and so we both held each other with the room you could hear a pin drop and we just said God no matter what happens right now we trust you that moment was the hardest of my life. And um, it didn't happen immediately after we prayed that prayer. But in a couple of minutes, I heard a baby start to cry. And uh, my wife's hand gripped me a little tighter. We started uh, getting what is known as hope. And uh, it wasn't immediate revision of everything was back to normal and good. We, we had a couple, three days in the NICU with Sadie Lynn, and she had some real heavy antibiotics, and, and um, she had a tough time. And uh, there's still some things that she may have to go through because of those antibiotics, some tests and things in, in a year, because of, uh, when the babies go through that, they uh, unfortunately have, have uh, risks, factors involved. But I, I don't want to bore you with the details, but I, I do want to... To say thank you 
for praying because I know my mom and Corey and, and lots of people put out prayer requests and, and many of you, hundreds of you, thousands of you said you'd pray and you were praying and I know that's what did this. I don't have a doubt about it. it this was no coincidence. The Lord said, I'm going to give you that child and, and Cole. You're not done because Cole, Nicole, you got a child to raise for me. And so I just pray every day, Lord, please don't let me mess this up. <laughs> Just please help me to raise this child. And I'm sure that's the prayer of any parent in here. But um, I don't know about tomorrow. But I know uh, who held my hand that day and, and uh, who holds my hand in the future. I don't 
friend of our family wrote this song and I always I don't know why but I was telling pastor I always think about this song the first day of NFL season I'm prob probably sure you've probably heard of this phenomenon you know the, the football thing is starting this week and everyone's just all up in arms about it you know and all over the the the, the North America you know the American Peninsula we have 50 states and I don't know how many teams there are but you're going to see stands filled with 40 and 50 and 60,000 people today. They're already packing it right now. And they are passionate about football. For the next however many weeks until February, January or February, they're going to be passionate about their team. They are going to put in every possible moment, free time that they have supporting or talking about or cheering on their team. Sounds kind of like the church used to be after that last great awakening we had. Because this is our team right here. And all across America, there are churches meeting today, and that's their team. But unfortunately, our team is at an all-time low in membership. While the stands and the bleachers, I'll tell you one membership that hasn't gone down, brother, through this ebb and flow of the ministry we've been talking about. That's the NFL, the NBA, the major leagues. and I don't have a problem with football. I, if the game's on, watch it, whatever. That's not the problem. If Satan can't get you to do a lot of bad things, what's he going to do? He's going to fill your sheet with a bunch of harmless things that turn into harmful things over time because you lost your passion for Christ. And that's what this song talks about. It doesn't mean you're a horrible person if you're doing things out there. It just means you've lost your passion. And never forget your first love. And I hope as the pastor preaches this morning his message, and we even have just a, a little uh, snip of a message in this song. I hope that it rejuvenates you as you leave church this morning and, and gives you a shot in the arm to go out and have the kind of passion to reach others for Christ that you're going to see others have for their favorite sport. Because this is our team. Be our Lord, be our passion.
Thank you, Barnett Trail. Wasn't that a blessing? I tell you what, if that doesn't get you excited about uh, the things of God, get you excited about wanting to go and tell someone about the Lord, I don't know what's wrong with you. And I appreciate the good singing this morning. Appreciate each and every one of you being here. Uh, it's already been good to be in God's house. I thought, man, that's good enough. I could just have an invitation and call it a day. Uh, but we're going to preach. The Lord gave me a message, and we're going to preach this morning. And I do appreciate you... Um, being here at Putnamville Baptist Church. If you're visiting with us this morning, thank you for being here. You are our honored guest, and we want to be a blessing to you. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, today is National Grandparents Day. Did anybody know that? Anybody know that? Yeah, well, a couple people knew that. Uh, today is National Grandparents Day, so grandparents, uh, happy Grandparents Day, I guess. Uh, someone, someone said that uh, grandchildren our uh, children are just a, what a grand, grandchildren are a reward for not killing your own children, something like that. So, I know I butchered that, uh, but anyways, I uh, do appreciate you grandparents being here. But also tomorrow is 9-11. And uh, so, I, you know, I was kind of torn what to preach. I actually had another message ready, and I'm going to preach that one tonight. But the Lord gave me another message today, and uh, we're going to preach this message I pray that it'll be a blessing to you. I'm trying to tie the two uh, special days of remembrance together, 9-11 and Grandparents Day, and, and uh, I hope that it'll be a blessing to you. I was thinking about this. My wife's, I'm thankful for my wife's grandparents. They've taught me so much. Uh, uh, they've uh, instilled so much in my life that I'm, I'm ever grateful for them. Of course, Christy's grandfather, or her granddad is, uh, is with the Lord now. But he influenced me in many different ways. He was, he was a, uh, uh, he was in the Navy in World War II. He was a godly man, and he taught me some some great things. Bible before breakfast. That was that was the thing. One of the things that he taught me. Another thing was don't go to bed angry. Uh, that was a couple. Of things. I asked him a few things, the keys for a healthy relationship, and and uh, he said uh, never bring up what has been forgiven. Uh, that's pretty pretty good wisdom. And uh, he taught me many more life principles and Bible principles, and I, I'm ever thankful for the relationship that I had with Christie's grandpa. Not only did he teach me these things, but he lived these things. He taught me by not just the words that he said, but by his actions. And actions speak louder than words. 
That being said, my heart this morning, even going along with the message, Brother Cole had no idea, that the Barnett Trail had no idea what the Lord had put on my heart to preach this morning. But my heart's burdened for our country, and it's burdened for our homes. My heart's burdened. And uh, we're living in some devastating times in our country. I say that the, the home goes as uh, our country goes as our homes go. And uh, uh, I believe that the devil is trying to destroy the Christian home today. He's trying to destroy homes. He's trying to de- destroy the value of a home. And uh, uh, divorce is commonplace now. And uh, uh, over 50% of all marriages end in divorce. Which is awful, but what's even worse than that is that many people are just shacked up together. So it'd be probably even worse than that. Children are being raised by two moms or two dads, which uh, this is not right. God never intended for a man to be with a man or a woman to be with a woman. God's institution of marriage was one man, one woman, together forever. Amen. That's what God's intention was. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this. Last week, Brother Ed and Miss Betty celebrated 68 years of marriage. That's, that's unheard of today. Praise the Lord for them. And, and you know what? I, I thank the Lord for Brother Ed and Miss Betty and their example to our church. And uh, I tell you, uh, they've been a great influence to me. And just seeing the love that they have for each other. If you just watch them, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see the love that they have for each other. But the greatest cause of divorce is we're living in the most self-centered society ever. It's all about me. You know, husbands think, well, you know, it's all about me. Wives think, well, it's all about me. No, it's all about him. And if we have our priorities set straight, and if God is our passion, then, uh, you know, all those other things will work out just fine. I believe that the Christian home is under attack like never before. Where is the love for the Lord and Uh, our Savior Jesus Christ, it's not seen in the home today. You see, where is the love for our country? I mean, we're seeing everything going on in our country right now. I mean, you think about the tearing down of of monuments and just the the civil unrest that's going on in our country today. Where is the love for our country? Where is the love for America? You see, there's little to no evidence in our homes, and the result in such spiritual depravity is affecting our society, our churches, our homes and destroying our nation. I want to invite you to Exodus chapter number 20 this morning. Exodus chapter number 20. Very familiar portion of scripture if you know the Ten Commandments. But the Bible says in Exodus chapter 20, the Bible says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, Thou shalt not, ta- uh, not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under, under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the thir- unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for your love, for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for the great singing we've heard this morning, how it's already prepared our hearts for the service. And God, I pray that you would speak through the message this morning, Lord, that you would be our passion, or that you would uh, burn within us, that Lord, that we would, uh, Lord, that we would want to serve you and, and put you as our priority. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. If there's one here that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
Joshua chapter number 24 verse 14 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other sides of the flood and in Egypt. And serve the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which are your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. Joshua is making a powerful statement here, and he's doing a pointed statement as well. He's saying, listen, there's only two choices to make. Either the Lord's going to be your passion, or serving self, or serving the things of this world is going to be your passion. You see, today, church, I, I want to make this powerful, the same powerful and pointed statement. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. You see, there's two choices on the shelf, serving God or serving self. See, this church is made up of homes, and our church is only going to be strong as our weakest home. So many homes are in trouble today, and that is why I believe that our nation is in so much trouble today. The Lord should and needs to be the center of every home in America. Let me ask you this question, what is your focal point what is, that, what is it that is your foundation this morning? What does it, everything else revolve around? Is it today because today is football's the start of uh, football season? Is it, hey, let's go get, uh, uh, watch the game. And hey, what about the Lord being your passion? What about getting excited about the things of God once again? See, either you're going to serve the Lord or, or you're not. There's no gray area. The Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... And all these things shall be added unto you. Joshua said, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Then he said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. You see, it's your choice. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Don't be, de don't be deceived into thinking that you have a Christian home simply because you're a member of Putnamville Baptist Church. Or because you, uh, you are a uh, church-going person. Or because you give. Or because you do this. That does not make you a Christian. It doesn't make it a Christian home. See, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I'm going to give you three statements this morning. and Examine your hearts. Examine your lives. Three statements I want you to think about this morning. On, my, on this thought, I want to title it, What Can I Do for My Home and for America? What Can I Do for My Home and in America. Number one, we need to make sure that Christ is our priority. Christ is our priority. Brother Cole said it very well. He said, you know, many people are, they're passionate about football. They're passionate. 40, 50, 60,000 people are going to be at their favorite team's stadium today, and they're going to be passionate. That's their priority today is watching that football game. But can I tell you today, we need to make sure that Christ is our priority there in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. It says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Can I tell you that anything that takes place of God is a God to you? 
You have set that as a, as a throne in your heart. You have set that above God in your heart. You see, if the Lord is a priority, then we need to be found faithful. Found faithful. The Bible says, moreover, it is required of a steward that, he be, that a man be found faithful. You see, we need to make sure that the sanctuary is important. We need to make sure that the church house is important. You see, the Bible says, for not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together in a manner some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And you've heard me say this so many times, folks. The day is approaching. You know, there's a lot of people saying, you know, with all the things that are going with the hurricanes and the fires and everything going on, hey, the Lord's coming with the, the moons and all this stuff. Can I tell you, I believe the Lord's coming soon. We better be prepared. We better be prepared. We need to make His house, the, the sanctuary, important. You see, we show our importance by going to the house of God. You know, is it important to you to be in God's house when the doors are open? You know, my, my children never have to, they never have to, uh, to ask, Dad, are we going to church today? They never have to ask that. They know we're going to God's house today. You see, Christ is a priority when we put the things of Christ ahead of the things of this world. The first step to becoming backslidden Christian, listen, and this is where many people, I tell you, they're filling the stands today. Many people today, they're backslidden on God. Why? Because this, this is the thing. They're drawn away from the things of God. And uh, your prayer life will either be non-existent or stale when you pull away from the things of God. And you'll drop out of the house of God. You have heard me say this many times. When we miss church, it makes it easier and easier to miss the next time. And before you know it, you're a month out of church and a year out of church. And before you know it, you don't ever go to church anymore. You see, this is one of the reasons so many homes are in trouble today is because the church house isn't important to us. You see, we are coming to a church to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's not just about uh, fellowshipping and, and the good singing, which I praise the Lord that we have those things, but let me tell you, it's the worshiping and the praising of God Almighty. That's what it's all about. Brother Cole will stand up here and tell you what's important is not the singing. Although he's a great singer, their, their, their family's great singer. He'll tell you the importance is God's word being preached. You see, everything else has taken priority today. 85%, I read this statistic, 85% of teenagers after graduating from high school leave the church. 85%. Why is that, folks? Because the church house isn't important. And out of that 85%, only 25% of those kids ever come back to church. I don't know if that does anything for you, but that's why our nation is in the place that it's in today. I believe the reason is because we are not stressing the importance of God's house. But then I want you to see, number two, the, we need to show the importance by going and giving. The Bible says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. The Bible says, Every man, according to as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You don't hear me preaching about giving all the time, but can I tell you, it's in the Word of God, and we need to be faithful in our giving. It's not just money, it's not just our treasures. It's giving of our talents, and it's giving of our time to the Lord. That's all part of it. Show our importance by going, by giving, but also by getting involved. 
by getting involved, serving the Lord in the Lord's work. There's, uh, there's so much uh, that needs to be done. We're, we're, the Bible says the, labor, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. And I believe, folks, we need, there's, there's so many places you can get involved. But I tell you this, that wherever you're involved, be faithful. If you're a Sunday school teacher, be faithful. If you're a nursery worker, be faithful. If you're uh, whatever it is, be faithful. I, I, yesterday we had the amazing race, and I, I thank the Lord for all the church. I, I tell you what, we had an outstanding response with the work the people in our church. I mean, thank you so much. You were so helpful. We had... I think there was nine families that volunteered places to, to be at, and then we had five drivers, and then we had all the teenagers. I tell you, it was a great success, I believe. And I thank the church for being involved. You know what? I thank the church for their faithfulness. Faithfulness. Get involved. You see, if we choose to serve the Lord, then we will make sure that the sanctuary has its importance in our life. But number, our letter B there, make sure the scriptures have its significance. There in Psalm 119.97, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. I know in what is uh, going on in our country, many, many aren't going to like these quotes because who said them, but Robert E. Lee said this, In all my perplexities and distresses, the Bible has never failed to give me light and strength. That's pretty good. Thomas Jefferson said this, I have always said and always will say that the studious inspection of the sacred volumes will make better citizens, better fathers, and better husbands. How much do you value? How much do you put in the Word of God? How much do you value it? You see, the devil's not afraid of a Bible that has dust on it. If God's word is important to us, then we will read it. The Bible says, till I come, give uh, attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. We'll be reading God's word. But not only will we read it, but we'll see that we need to heed it. The Bible says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, and, uh, for instruction and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You see, if God's word is important, then we'll realize that we need it. That we need it. According to his divine power hath he given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Folks, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Choose you him this day. Make sure Christ is your priority. Number two, make sure that compassion is prominent. Ephesians 5.2, walk in love as Christ hath also loved us. 1 Peter 3.8, finally, be of all one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous. We need to love one another. How do you know that we are his disciples? Our love for one another. So the scriptures say, love needs to be in, in, installed in the home, instilled in the home. I heard a man one time telling his wife, uh, uh, they were celebrating their 60th anniversary. This might have been Brother Ed, I don't know. But uh, they, were, they were talking, and the husband said, uh, uh, the wife said, why don't you ever tell me you love me? He says, I told you when we got married, I loved you, and if I'd ever changed my mind, I'll let you know. I don't think that was Brother Ed. But, hey, it needs to be more than just, it needs to be said more than just whenever you got married. I, I tell you, we, we make, uh, we tease at our house, my, my faith, actually, she doesn't like it because I, I tell her I love her. And then I say, I well, first I say, I love y'all. 
and everybody says, I love you back. And then I'll say, Faith, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. And then I'll say, one, four, three. And that stands for I love you. I'll say four or five times I'll tell her I love her. And she's like, okay, Dad, I love you too. But you know what? I want her to know. I want her to know that I love her. I want them to know that I tell them all the time. I say, you know what, girls? What, Dad? I love your mama. I love your mama. I tell them that all the time. They, they hear it from me all the time. Why? Because I want them to know that I love them and I love their mom that, and I love their, the Lord that they serve. I want them to know that. See, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ so loved the church and gave himself for it. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Wives, you need to love your husbands as well. The Bible says that they may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands and to love their children. Then I believe not only does love need to be instilled, but I believe little ones need to be instructed. In today's society, we don't want to hurt our little kids' feelings. We, don't, we want to be politically correct. We don't, want to, we don't believe in spanking. And Hey, folks. Can I just be a little bit honest with you this morning? Kids need punished. They need chastened, just like we need chastened as adults. And God chastens us. He chastens those that He loves. And God, God chastens those that He loves. We chasten those that we love as well. Little ones need to be instructed. We need to instruct them, our children, in the ways they should go. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Nurture means discipline and chastening. Admonishing means calling attention with mild rebuke and warning. Often children just need some instruction in their lives. The reason the home is in so much trouble today is because children are not being brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I've noticed a trend that's going on today and with many moms and dads. They want to be their children's friend. Can I tell you something? I, be their friend when they're adults. Be their parents while you're while you're they're young and nurturing admonition. Be their parents, but when they get older, you know my girls are in their teen years now, and I'm starting to transition from that being that authority, and I'm always be their authority, but uh, being that friend to them as well. There's not so much of the uh, the the discipline that I have to do anymore. Why? Because it started when they were little bitty. Now it's the admonishing and, and training them and saying, hey, you know what? You shouldn't be doing that. Trying to get them prepared for the future. You see, the children are not going to answer for the home. Dad, you are. You're going to answer for the home. And that's an awesome responsibility that we have. See, Dad, we need to be the spiritual leaders to lead our homes. Moms, you need to stand with your husbands when the husbands make the decisions, right or wrong. Man, I didn't get any amens on that. I thought I would get an amen, at least one or two. But right or wrong, you need to stand with your husband. Well, let me tell you something. You know what? The worst thing you can do is not stand with your husband in front of little Johnny. Because you know what? They're not going to respect dad anymore. They're going to say, you know what? Mom's going to stand by my side. And you know what? That destroys the whole authority of the home. 
The whole authority of the home is, sh- is shot. We need to teach our children, instruct our children to respect authorities. You remember when, I don't know about you, but do you remember when we taught our children to say yes ma'am and yes sir? And we would call the, we would say Brother Buchanan, not Ed. We would use those, those, those titles because it, it was an authority. You know, it's a respect thing. Respect our authorities. This last week, I, I tell you, I don't want to embarrass Faith. Is she even in here? No, she's not in here, so I'm not going to embarrass her. But this last week, she got a demerit. She was upset. She was crying at school. She, she was all upset she got a demerit. And I asked her, I said, what happened? And she said, well, she said, I had to move from one, uh, one chair to another chair so I could see, the, see the, um, the board a little bit better. And uh, she said, so I went over there and I forgot my pencil pouch. And she said, so I leaned over and told the, the girl sitting beside me, hey, can you hand me my pencil pouch? And she said, the teacher said, Faith, you got a demerit. Now, many of us are thinking, I can't, that's stupid. I can't believe that she got a demerit for that. You know what I told her? I said, were you supposed to be talking in class? She said, no, sir. I said, did you talk in class? Yes, sir. I said, then you deserve a demerit. You say, well, Pastor, that's awful strong. I mean, all she asked for was her pencils. She could have raised her hand and said, Mr., can I get my pencil? I forgot it over there. But you know what a lot of parents are going to do? They're going to be mad at the teacher because their little little girl got in trouble because she just said something very quietly. Folks, what does that teach in our children? When we do that, we're saying, you know what, it's okay. It was stupid. He shouldn't have gave you that. You know what it is? It's demising. It's, it's minimizing the authority of our teachers. And not just the teachers, but then you know what happens? Authority of those that are older than us. Respect for elders. Man, I've got all kinds of notes here, but I better move on. We need to reverence the Almighty. Folks, I say this often. It's not the man upstairs. He's God Almighty. And we need to reverence Him as such. He's our Lord and our Savior. We need to reverence Him. I wanna, I'm going to move on because I have a lot of notes, but I don't have time to get into them. But make sure that Christ is our priority. Number two, make sure that compassion is prominent. Number three, and the last thing, make sure that casting is practiced. There in James 5.16, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The affectionate, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Christians, we need to be praying. You say, well, I don't know what to be praying for. You can pray, number one, for your family. Pray for your family. Each one of us has family members that are lost. Each one of us have family people that are sick. Hey, pray for your pastor. He need, I know him. He needs a lot of prayer. Pray for your pastor. Pray for his family. Pray for your country. Pray for our president. There's so much things. Christians, we need to get back to our dependence on prayer, that prayer is a priority in our lives. See, prayer is also a privilege. It's for the Christians. There's many people I hear all the time. My, my sister and others will say, Hey, I'm praying for you. It means very little when they don't know the Lord. Earnest prayers will be put, will put your home in direct contact with Christ. I remember Brother 
Harlan, or Brother Harold Noble, when he was up here, it was several years ago when he was preaching, and he showed a picture, you might have remembered this, he showed a picture of his grandson, and he says, you know what, I need to make sure that I'm right with God and right with man. Why? Because when I pray, this little guy may need my prayers. This, I may need to pray for this little guy. It made an impact on my life. You know what? It's changed my life. I said, you know what? I need to make sure that I'm confessed, that I'm right with God. Why? Because my children may need my prayers. My church, my wife may need my prayers. My country may need my prayers. See, prayer is a way to victory. Prayer is a cord that binds our hearts together. The more we pray, the more blessed and happy our home will be. Children should be taught the meaning of prayer. Your home needs a family altar, folks. And you know what? The thing of it is we have prayer requests in our, in a, and we fill out a sheet of prayer requests. But also we need to show our kids when those prayer requests are answered. This is what God had done. And it's because of our prayers. It's because of God's faithfulness to us. You need to see what God has done. Casting needs to be practiced. I believe you can tell the home where, uh, where a home where Jesus lives. There's a blessed peace, a happiness, a gentleness, and a love found there. As Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Is that your motto today? As for you and your house, are you going to serve the Lord? As a home goes, so goes our country. Folks, I believe we need to get back to the Lord be our passion. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Lord, be our passion. As God has spoke to your heart this morning, I'm going to encourage you just to find a place at the altar. The altar is always open, but I'm going to ask you, maybe you hear this morning, you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure if I was to die today, I go to heaven. I don't know for sure. Pastor, would you pray for me? Anyone like that? Pastor, pray for me. I don't know for sure. That if I was to die today, I go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone, would you raise your hand? I'm not going to come get you. I'm not going to do anything. Call your name out. I just want to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone? Maybe you hear and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but the Lord hasn't been my passion. The scriptures haven't been my priority. And the house of God, these things haven't been a priority to me. Pastor, pray for me. I need to make God my passion. Yeah, I see that hand. Anyone else? Pastor, pray for me. Anyone, I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar as God has spoke to your heart. Find a place at the altar. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you for the message that you spoke to my heart first. And thank you for the good singing, how it got me encouraged and just excited about uh, what you're doing in my life. Lord, I pray this morning for those that raise their hand. Uh, Lord, that they've lost their passion, maybe they, for the scriptures or for the Savior or for the sanctuary, whatever the, uh, the, the, uh, their prayer is this morning. But God, I pray that you deal with their hearts, Lord, that they would come and, Lord, commit their ways to you. Lord, they would trust in you this morning and say, Lord, be my passion. Lord, do a great mighty work that only you can get the glory and only you can get the credit for. Lord, for that one that may be lost this morning, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Speak to our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? Miss Haley is going to begin playing softly. God has spoke to your heart. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. God has spoke to you. Find a place at the altar. Maybe, maybe it's your, uh, you haven't been faithful in the scripture reading lately. Won't you come and say, God help me. 
Help me be faithful. I, I said this yesterday. Many times we think we got to read six, seven hours every day. No, it's just a little bit. Read, just read 10 minutes. Read something every day in God's Word. Just do a little bit. And then maybe in a month, maybe you can read 12 minutes or 15 minutes. But just start off reading a little bit. Don't try to take on, chew on the whole Word. Just take a little bit at a time. Maybe it's your faithfulness to the house of God. You haven't been as faithful as you should be. Won't you come and say, God, help me be more faithful. Help me be more faithful. Whatever the case is, won't you be obedient and follow the Lord's will this morning? eyes upon Jesus. may be seated. We're going to have a baptismal service this morning, so uh, Brother Tony, would you lead us? If you would turn to hymn number 397, Higher Ground. You know, the, the old standard is, shall we gather at the river, but I, I just discovered this morning it's not in here, so we can't sing that one today. But uh, we're going to do something a little bit different, and uh, I'll give opportunity after the first verse or two for a chance somebody to give a word of testimony. If you have something you'd like to brag on the Lord about today, and if, if not, then we'll continue singing. But uh, 397 on the first verse now. Else, we're seeing the second verse. 
of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, wherefore you buried with him in likeness, raised in likeness. Of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Wherefore you buried with him in the death, praise and life and life. Savior Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, wherefore you buried with him in the, wherefore you buried with him is like this raised in Savior Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, wherefore you buried with him in death, raised him Verse number two, 397.
want to say I thank God for saving me and what he's done for us. And, and I just want to thank him and he let us be a part of your church here. And uh, it's the greatest church I believe that I've ever been in. And uh, you've really got something going here. And we're not going to say we'll be gone forever, but we're just going to be gone for a while. And uh, if we're going to get back before God calls us on, and we'll see you on the other side. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. As those that don't know, Brother Mike and Miss Sherry, they'll be moving, and so we'll be praying for them. They're moving about an hour away, and uh, I know it's uh, bittersweet for them. They're going to be closer to their family. Uh, but away from their church family, and so we're going to miss them a lot, but uh, we praise the Lord for the time that we've had to, to serve the Lord together. All right. Let's go ahead and have the men come forward. We'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings. I know I'm running a little bit late this morning. I apologize for that. A little lengthier message, and um, it would have been longer, but I cut some of it off, so he would be proud of me. All right. I do want to give you just a couple announcements. Um, I thought I had it in here, but we'll just not worry about it. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Brother Eli, sir, would you please? just give you a couple announcements. I want to remind you that next, uh, uh, this coming Friday, I guess it is, this Friday and Saturday is our men's retreat. And so those that would like to go, please, uh, we're going to leave here about 3 o'clock, 3.30. I'll let you know exact time a little bit later, but Friday at 3.30. And then uh, this coming Sunday evening, we'll be having the Seedline Conference. It's coming Sunday evening, okay? So Sunday morning, we'll have services here. Sunday evening, services will be held at, uh, in Brazil there at the Seedline Conference. And uh, then also Wednesday evening will be held there at uh, the uh, there in Brazil, and then on that Monday, so next Monday, uh, we'll be preparing a meal for Seedline. So see Miss Pam if you want to help out with that. We usually have Italian dinner for those that are workers and uh, those that are the speakers and things like that. So uh, if you would uh, get with Miss Pam on that. All right, I think that's all the announcements. We'll all stand and close in a word of prayer. Thank you again.
again for being here this morning. Thank you, Barnett Trio. Come back tonight. The Barnett Trio will be with us again. Bring someone uh, tonight. Bring a friend and tell them they're going to hear some good singing and good preaching tonight. All right? You bring someone with you. We're going to close in word of prayer. Brother Travis, sir, would you close? Father, it's been good to be in your house today. We thank you, Lord, for a place that we can come out of the world and worship you. And, Lord, we pray as we leave here today that you'd help us to go out and uh, tell others about you. We thank you for the music this morning. We thank you for the message. Pray for those among us that aren't well, that you keep your hands upon them. For those families who've lost loved ones, we pray, Father, that you comfort them. Thank you so much for all your love and your mercy. These things we ask in your name. Barnett Trail does have um, CDs out here if you're interested.